My name is David J. Harris, Jr. Join me and millions of Americans around the country as we embrace liberty and freedom. This is the David J. Harris, Jr. Show. Hello, friends and family from around the country and literally around the world. This is another episode with your host, David J. Harris, Jr. And today, friends, I am so, so truly excited to have this brother on with me today. Are you kidding me? Seven-time Mr. Olympian, Phil Heath, absolutely demolished the records. Uh, I mean, he's third He's third in line behind uh, uh, for the Arnold Schwarzenegger Classic. He's third behind. Let me, let me get, make sure I get all – I'm so excited. I'm like, let me, I'm just rambling right now. Uh, the brother was born in 1979. He's a professional bodybuilder, but he is an amazing man. He's all about building men. He's a seven-time Mr. Olympian winner, having won the competition every year from 2011 to 2017. His latest victory tied him with Arnold Schwarzenegger, friends, for the third, the, the joint third number of all-time Mr. Olympia wins, right behind Lee Haney and Ronnie Coleman. I know my dad's going to love this. He grew up watching those guys, and he was always a big man and into bodybuilding. And uh, this brother's got so many good things to share. Before I get into that, I got to give a word to my sponsor. My Today's sponsor for my show is My Pillow. I love Mike Lindell. He is a patriot. He's standing up for this country. He's putting his own millions and millions of dollars on the line, over $20 million he's put on the line to try to get the truth behind the 2020 election to us, the American people. And he's taking a beating. He's getting canceled everywhere. He still believes that Trump that 2020 is not over. So his code Trump 2020 still gives the best discounts at his website. So so get over to mypillow.com or go to frankspeech.com. He's got special discounts there too. And use that code Trump 2020 when you do. All right. Without further ado, my guest, Phil Heath. Boom. Yeah. My What's How up, my man? Today? Oh man, it's great to be on. I'm glad. Like, holy smokes. This is awesome. I'm, I'm I'm so excited to have you on, man. I I met you at Patrick Bet David's house in Florida, and when I saw, it's always funny. People always say the same thing to me. It's like they see me in person and then they don't register who I am. Mike Lindell actually <laughs> said that. He's all I saw you. I didn't recognize that. He's all I watch your show all the time, and then I laughed and he's like, "Wait a minute, I know who you are." So when I met you, I was like, "You look real familiar," but I wasn't expecting to meet Mr. <laughs> Phil Heath himself. <laughs> Yeah, it was funny. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, what up? <laughs> and then, you know, it was, but we, you know, we were able to chop it up, man. We had a great time, huh? Like, that was awesome. Yeah, it was so good. It was so good. So, seven time Mr. Olympia, we're going to get into some of that today. I just want so that everybody is clear on the kind of work ethic that you put in, the kind of hard work, dedication that you put in. Uh, and since you're not wearing a muscle shirt today, I want everybody to see what you've been able to accomplish uh, be, becoming Mr. Olympia seven times. So this little clip is just to let all of our viewers know, if you don't know who Phil Heath is and what he's done, this is Phil Heath. He loves this shit. He will eat it up. He will spit it out in the gym. That's why I came back. I've battled the best. I've beaten the best. 
beat the best to even get here. You know, there was a lot of work done to shift priorities so that I could make sure that I focus how I show up because I really want to show up at a very high level. Not just as a bodybuilder, but as a man. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you put in work, my brother. You, you are the definition of hard work, persistence, dedication equals success. No, thank you. Um, you know, just for people that don't know, uh, you know, I grew up in uh, Seattle, Washington. Um, grew up wanting to be an NBA player and was able to earn a Division One scholarship at the University of Denver where I majored in business and IT. And uh, given my uh, height of 5'9", I was not able to take that further to the NBA. <laughs> but, you well, know, that's, like I, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a point yeah, guard. And exactly. even a lot of point guards these days are still 6'2", my height. I'm exactly. short. Exactly. So, you know, but what was great, uh, God had something much bigger for me. And... Um, you know, that door closed and it was it was painful, you know, because I like I said, I grew up in Seattle. There's a lot of NBA guys that come out of there. Uh, one of my high school teammates was Jamal Crawford, who had a long career, you know, yeah. NBA six man three times, you know, and my high school alone, Rainier Beach High School has put out a lot of good talent from Jamal to even Doug Christie back in the day to Nate Robinson to Terrence Williams to new guys that are, uh, you know, playing in the NBA today with DeJounte Murray that plays for the San Antonio Spurs and uh, uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who now plays for the Houston Rockets. So we we put out some wow. talent. But, uh, you know, getting into bodybuilding, I was, you know, fortunate to, you know, just have some friends that were already into it, encourage me to train. I love to train and uh, found like a, a, a new life. You know, I was mm you know, battling a lot of demons and stuff and being able to get in the gym and actually explore who I am as a person, because, you know, like with bodybuilding, you have to have great time management skills. You have to have a lot of discipline with your eating, scheduling, understanding the, the nutritional content with everything you put in your body. And, and, and really, as a Christian, you know, you start thinking like, I'm now becoming more aware of what I ingest into mm. my body. This is a good thing, even externally, like what do I watch, like the negativity and stuff, because with bodybuilding, you have to really understand how you handle your emotions, because your emotions can create an imbalance of cortisol, which that stress can actually have you hold water, which is what we don't want on the bodybuilding stage. So just bodybuilding really essentially has helped me mature as an adult, as a man, because unlike other sports, no one can eat the food for me, train for me, and give me the results. I have to do that, and I have to make a choice each and every day to want better. I can't get complacent. So, like, when winning the Olympia, you know, you're thinking, okay, at the time, there was only 12 other people that have done it. <clears throat> and for me, I was like – Wait, at the time that you won, there had the only been 12? At the time that I won, there was only 12 people who had actually won that title. And wow. it was the 13th Mr. Olympia. Now there's 16, but uh, me being number 13, I thought to myself, well, 
it's not about winning one. It's about how many you can get. Yeah. And that's, and that's really my mantra with everyone is that, you know, you should always push yourself to a high level of excellence. But once you reach that pinnacle, that becomes your new standard. Mm-hmm. So you can't go down. You can only keep going up. And in that part is very challenging. So you definitely have to have a good support system. You definitely have to have faith in my opinion. And um, you have to practice that every day. But what's great about it is that even through those trials, um, those whys in the road, once you hit that pinnacle, oh man, you're going to thank yourself. And I think right now with, um, you know, I'm not competing this weekend. The Mr. Olympia contest is actually this weekend in Orlando. Um, So I'm not officially retired. However, you know, I'm in a point in time in my life where I had to become more aware of just what the world is going through. Because in bodybuilding, it's in over 190 countries. So especially during like election time and COVID, people who I wouldn't generally meet at expos have been tremendously affected with their businesses. Mm -hmm. And with what you saw, um, with how the government and big pharma and all this other stuff really, you know, in my opinion, you know, made some really bad decisions. Yes. They, they told, they told the world not to work out, not to train, not to get sunlight, not to eat better. They closed down the gyms, told you to hunker down inside as if the aliens are coming. <laughs> <laughs> and what they, and what they leave open the liquor stores. And the weed dispensaries all and all it. the fast food joints. All the fast food is, which you I understand in certain areas, that's all they can get. But I, it, it's yeah. like, it, it was reverse. It was backwards of what I think they should have been telling people to do. All of the home remedies that grandma and grandpa talked about <laughs> went out the yeah. window. And when I realized, wait a minute, no one is talking about, like for me, when I heard about COVID, I thought, this is real. Like a lot of people like, oh, it's fake. I was like, no, this is real. I mean, there was already coronaviruses around. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know the severity of it. So we're going to take it very serious. You know, my my queen, you know, uh, Sheree, who you met, um, yeah. she has four autoimmune issues. So I'm like, okay, I'm definitely washing my hands. I'm bleaching stuff. I'm doing this stuff. I'm just really trying to make sure until I get more data. Let me just make sure everything's good. And then after a while, I, I told myself, I told her, I said, in the event that we can't go outside and breathe the air, then it's definitely time to get on our knees and just stay praying and just get ready for that next chapter, you know, that next yeah. thing. And then you start losing, I say, um, your own self-awareness of like, wait a minute, like, I can breathe the air. I can drink the water. Everything is fine. There is no food shortage. What are yeah. we talking about now? And why is everybody that has a level head a conspiracy theorist? Right. And and why is like there was just so much chaos going on and with you know BLM movement and like well, we're gonna get into that. You know all these things. It was just like it was almost like let me just take every crazy thing and just throw it all together and just overload people with too much stimuli and then yeah. lock them in the house and let's just see what that's happens. A, that's a that's a recipe for disaster which we've seen it you know the number of suicides among our veterans 
uh, number of suicides among the youth have all skyrocketed uh, up to 30, 40 percent in some cases in some of those demographics. It's just it's insane. And yet you, what you're saying is, is exactly what happened and what the government, what our government was telling us to do. Um, I'm, you said see, there's so many nuggets in there. I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm like, we got a new Dr. Phil in the house. Like move <laughs> over Dr. Phil that Oprah is promoting. Oh, we yeah. need to hear from this Phil right here. Uh, all about personal awareness, personal responsibility for our own health, uh, understanding that it's that there's so much there, there's there's so much more to what we consume, not only in our bodies, but what we consume visually as well, shutting off the negativity. This is speaking to, I think, a lot of people that have been stuck in this rut and are yes. seeing the chaos and are and are living in the middle of this tornado. It's like well, so many of us are in the eye of a tornado where all this stuff is swirling around. And, and that would be freaking scary for anybody to be in the eye of a tornado and know that any moment, if it shifts, it's going to take you out. So uh, I really believe, and we prayed before this, I really believe that this uh, this podcast and this interview is going to help give people some hope and some faith, and I think a clearer direction on what path they should be taking for themselves. And I think listening to less of the mainstream media that we know is 95% propagandized, it's owned by five major telecom corporations that all have an agenda to push the same messaging on us, the people. It's like you got to wake up to that fact first. And then make some some uh, better, healthier decisions uh, moving forward. Hundred percent. I mean, I, I remember growing up, and they would say after certain TV shows, "Thank you for watching our television programming." Mm-hmm. Programming. Yeah. So you know, I think. Unf- unless I'm just going to be honest, I, I think what happens is majority of people in this world aren't as mentally tough as they think. Mm. And the reason is, is because they haven't been challenged and maybe because of their lifestyle or just like maybe they've been coddled or whatever. Um, and, and and quite honestly, I don't, you know, like I don't want everybody to have to go through a bunch of crap, you know, but the people who haven't been battle tested in certain areas, once they do get battle tested, especially over the last 24 months, it is very overwhelming. Yeah. And a lot of people got hit very hard with those things, with their businesses, with these, you know, like divorce, like all these different things. It was like very, it was a lot. It was a lot for people that even have their stuff together. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, this is something that none of us have even heard about. But I think what is important is that we see trends and we, and then we become more affluent with, okay, so I keep hearing about a democratic republic. What does that mean? Mm. Maybe we should read the constitution. Why I never read that? Well, maybe you should, because yeah. you live in that. That's what you live in. Okay. I keep hearing about capitalism. What does that mean? Well, maybe I should go on YouTube and go look at that. Maybe. What, what about socialism and communism and Marxism and fascism? I keep hearing these words. What does that mm-hmm. mean? Maybe I should just go on Amazon and, and uh, buy a couple books about it. Yeah. These are the things the, the, that like people aren't really doing on their own. Because they want the cheat sheet, they want the the uh, the cliff notes. But the yeah. problem is, is that the cliff notes come from sources, like you said, that may not be um, factual. And like you said, when you have an agenda, people have to realize, like, how do media companies make money? YouTube people, we make money off of certain type of content. But if you could do like certain clickbait stuff that could get people riled up, oh man, that could get 
me a lot of more money. But that doesn't mean that money. But that doesn't mean that it's good content, like for the soul. Right. So we have to be very um when you say put on the armor of God, I mean you really have to do that you know, yeah. every day because you have to have uh what we like to talk about in my house is a level of discernment. And um it doesn't always have to be about like F this and Fox and you know uh, CNN and this and that. It's like try to have an open mind, empty your cup and just if you are gonna watch it, look at all of it. And kind of maybe take a pen and paper and start writing things down and then comparing the two. And then you kind of can find out like what the BS really is and then form your own opinion. And and at the end of the day, I think it's very important that we all become free thinkers. I think um, 100%. especially black people. I think the yes. African-American community, you know, because of the generational trauma that our ancestors have, not us, that mm-hmm. our ancestors went through that was so-called passed down. We keep reiterating the same stories. The pain- well, and certain talking points, certain talking points in a certain political party, the Democrats continue to want to shove that in our faces and use it as a reason for us to uh, vote for them because they're the ones bringing it up and they're the ones saying this. When when the big lie is that the Democrat Party was the ones that founded the KKK, they were oh, the ones that uh, yeah. pushed for Jim Crow laws, segregation laws. They fought against the Civil Rights Act of the 18, uh, 1860s. Uh, they they did all these things and then they turn around and blame it on the Republicans. Uh, it's it's so sad to me, and I'll, I'll ask you how you feel about it. It's so sad to me that for 60 years, dang near uh, over 60 years, 80 to 90 percent of the black community has just almost with a blind allegiance voted Democrat. I've got friends that were raised in houses. I wasn't, thank God, but I've got friends in the black community that were raised where their parents and their grandparents and their aunts just said, you vote Democrat period. The Republicans are racist. What was your experience growing up? Did you, were you, how were you raised? I was raised Southern Baptist. You know, my mom's from Zachary, Louisiana. My father um, who is deceased, um, he is from uh, Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, But I was raised by my stepfather who was uh, born in Huntsville, Alabama. (laughs) Hmm. And that man was born in 1933 and he's still alive. today. So he's seen it all. So he, he was in Alabama, moved to Detroit uh, during that time that you're speaking of, and then uh, migrated over to Seattle and uh, raised his kids. And then my mom and uh, him got married when I was, uh, I believe, like five. But uh, my household, and, and mind you, uh, my mom worked in cargo services. So she worked uh, for a shipping company called uh, Sealand at the time, which turned into Horizon Lines. So she basically worked with longshoremen and um, made sure all the containers got uh, shipped out. My stepfather uh, worked as a TV engineer for NBC affiliate King Five mm-hmm. Television in Seattle. Um, uh, he was out of the army, this and that. You know, he worked for Boeing prior, so he's always been into um, engineering and stuff. Uh, but when he were they political? Movies, were they were they political? They, they put you they one really, with the other. They really weren't. Um, th- my parents are actually very quiet when it comes to these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will tell you. <laughs> um, one day I asked my mom, and she didn't want to answer it. I said, why are we talking about, um, I just wanted to refute the opposition. I, I was just like trying to start up stuff in the house. <laughs> and I wanted to understand during Obama's second term, like, why are we voting for him? Like, what, like what's going on? Because the first time I voted for him, because I was like, okay, like, this is something different. Let's just see what happens. And then the second time yeah. I was like, dude, like, 
all right, I voted for you, but like now I'm pissed because these are some broken promises. And um, I just want to understand, you know, because I think it's very American to question those people. Um, you should, because if, you know, I lived, I did live in a household where it's like, you pray for your president. You should pray for them because they are, Absolutely. In, they are in a certain pr- position of power and privilege. I yeah. pray for Biden almost every day that he's yeah. removed from office and that God blesses him. <laughs> but please, Biden, just take a back seat. Just leave the Oval. Kamala, too. I pray for yeah. both. And, and you know, <laughs> but, yeah, in my house, you know, they, they did allow, like, like, free thought, right? But if I were to ask, they would be like, oh, we vote. You know, we vote Democrat. And I remember one day I was – getting into a nice debate because my family is my family is very vocal you know black household you know just loud but it was it was always about debating and then if you can't support it with facts like you can be emotional you can be passionate but if you don't have like facts to support it you lose Mm, because it should be because therefore you're just running your mouth and um my stepdad would say you're just running your mouth to hear your teeth do the boogie you know, like you got to actually have some substance to what you're saying. Yeah. So what he would tell me, because I, I really wanted to understand this because of him working for a new station, you know, for 20 years. I, I asked, I was like, so how do you go about voting? He said, you know, they all lie in some way. And that's just my opinion. I'm an old guy. I, I, I've seen them all lie at some point or not follow through with certain things where there have been like their ability you know, with Congress to get things passed or whatever, but you have to go by the person who has the less amount of lies like that, that you firmly believe that that person is telling the truth and they have the power to actually follow through with those things. Cause anyone can, he would tell me, he's like, anyone can run for office and win, but do they have the power to follow through on those campaign promises? Because it mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not just the president. It actually, you know, so he was breaking it down because he's an engineer, you know, he's like, you, yeah. you, you need Congress, you need the house, you know, this and that and the other, you need help. Cause it's not a dictatorship. You, oh, you win president. And then you just tell people what to do. He's like, you need to actually have help of people supporting what you truly feel is the policies that are going to help Americans. So, um, but the story that I laugh about is, you know, I competed at the Mr. Olympia for quite some time <clears throat> from 2008 was my first appearance up until 2020 last year. So that's a long time. So majority of those um, times, I always needed a place to stay. And the Olympia was always held at, in Vegas. Guess where I stayed at, David? Take a the walk. Trump Hotel. Yep, I did. <laughs> and, and it, it was Only funny because, because we've had this conversation before. Yes. And uh, I love this. Yes. I knew where you were going, but I love this story. You got to share it yeah. because it just. So it's... I would stay there and it wasn't because of political affiliation or anything like that. It was just the fact that the hotel actually had no casino, no smoking, and it smelled great. <laughs> and, yeah, the rooms were, and the rooms were fairly it. priced and the rooms were fairly priced. And, and the hotel staff has been like, I've stayed everywhere in Vegas. The hotel staff at the Trump off a of fashion show drive mm-hmm. is the best they make sure you have everything they would actually go out and get me new uh silverware pots and pans because you know the rooms there you know are you know are like they have full kitchens and all that and that's what i would need you know the week of the show they literally would go do this and in fact i believe i still have a trunk full of personal effects still there 
So it was like wow. my John Wick trunk. Like Phil's getting from <laughs> He needs all of this stuff. But they really uh, took care of me. And, um, you know, shout out to those guys. I mean, uh, I believe one of the rooms that I was staying at was Eric's at one point. Um, wow. So and and just, was, to, just to second that, one of the, I, I put a video out. It's been a couple of years ago now. The first time that I stayed at the Trump, I was blown away. I was yeah. like, the level of excellence yeah. and service that the mm-hmm. staff gives their guests. And I was, I mean, I'm still a nobody compared to, you know, anybody that's big that goes and stays there, whether it's a politician or a celebrity right. or, you know, whatever. It's like, I'm just, I'm just a regular customer to them, but the level of service and excellence blew me away. I went and checked in the room. We left for a little while. We came back. Our bed was folded down. There was like yeah. a, a, a mat for our, for our slippers. There was slippers there. They'd organized everything. Uh, they were just, they did all this extra stuff. And I was like, friends. This they, they work for Donald J. Trump. This is what he's trying to do for our country. Right. This is right, what he's trying right, to do for right, our country. Right. Let the man do his work. Right. <laughs> so, so so the piggyback on that. So um, you know, I kind of got on my folks because I'm like, wait a minute. So here I am winning the show. We go to the nightclubs and do all this stuff. I actually would take my parents to excess nightclub Las Vegas. I would actually like have them hang out. Nice. But then afterwards, you know, I wanted to like, you know, like have cake and ice cream and all that, you know, at the Trump and they would never come back. So then I asked my stepsister, I was like, hey, wow. like, what's up with that? Like, are they too tired or this and that? And she was like, you don't know. And I was like, no, I'm like, what's, what's the big deal? Well, you know, your mom hates Trump. And I said, wow. Well, what does that have to do with, you know, with, you, with her son? So, you know, it was one of those things where I was That's like, sad. Well, I have to respect her views, I guess. But like at the same time, I'm like, I never, I never, um, I don't hate anybody. And especially someone who I haven't met. So for me, unless if you're killing somebody or pedophilia or, you know, doing something really heinous, like, you know, right? yeah, I I really don't have a really a, a strong opinion. But then I, that's when I recognize where my, like my parents were cited on and like where their mind is. And, you know, like sometimes with family, you just have to leave those topics alone and just focus on other things. Um, but I've always well, been a policy person because of that. And know? to speak to that, to speak to that, that's why I believe the mainstream media did their absolute damnedest. It was an all out assault to try to get to try to paint Trump in the light of Hitler. Cause like you said, I'm the same way. I don't, I don't hate anybody. I hate the devil period. And, and you know, I hate evil, but I, I understand that most of the time evil's working through evil people, but yeah, if it's a pedophile or somebody else, you know, some people just need to go straight, you know, go straight yeah, and meet the maker. Go, yeah. go. Yeah. No pass. Go what Denzel Washington said is a man on a man on fire. Man is, on fire, man. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah, Ooh, forgiveness like a, is between them and God. It's up to me to arrange the meeting. That's right. That's <laughs> like, bro, that is literally like Patrick and I were talking about this the other day. You know, it's like that's one of our favorite, both of our favorite films of Denzel because oh, you, mine, mine too. Because you you feel that, but yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it is. No, it but is, that's what the, the, that's what the mainstream media, right? It's proof your mom and dad weren't willing to even step foot inside of a Trump hotel because of how they felt and believed he was. And that came not from personal experience. That came from the mainstream media. That came from the liberal brainwashing mainstream media. And that shows you 
how impactful and how uh, how much weight it carries with people where they where they weren't even willing to go hang out with their own son it was after a, after an Olympia Mr. Olympia win. 